You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Kiana Jones, artist and founder of Happening Hands, a community that helps makers and creative business owners build thriving, profitable businesses. Every week on our podcast, we discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to build that profitable handmade or creative business that you've always dreamed of. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today's guest is Monica Sharma Patnakar, an e-commerce brand mentor and consultant, a purpose-driven digital brand marketing and strategy professional with over 17 years of global experience building brands. She's worked across diverse sectors and companies from Fortune 500s to scale and startups. Today, we're going to be talking about how to connect with your customers and build loyalty through your marketing. Without further ado, here's Monica. Welcome to the show, Monica. Hi, Kiana. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you grew expertise around helping product-based businesses scale their online stores. Oh, wow. That's going to be a long story. I'm going to try and keep it short. So I'm Monica. <laughs> I'm uh, hello from Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Um, I'm also a mom of two girls. Um, I'm Dutch by birth, Indian by heritage. I would say global by choice in education as well. Um and I have over, honestly, 18 years building experience building brands. I started from my master's yeah. in business to working in the corporate world for just over 10 years, having my own online store for a little bit before I actually realized my passion is that building brands fit. And so just switching gears and really focusing on using all the expertise I gained in my career on helping both scale-ups and small business owners. And my passion is really with the smaller business owners, product-based businesses, really helping them nail who their customer is, what their brand is, and their growth strategy so they can really, truly better communicate and connect with their real audience. Um, so it's been it's been a journey. I love that so much. What was that store that you mentioned, like your first e-commerce store? I'd so love to learn it, more about it, it that. It was called House of Chutney. I okay. was bringing in contemporary design from India uh, in the home mm -hmm. interior space. It was ex home accessories, but they're all like conscious brands, a lot of them ethical, handmade, and from newer designers that had come up in the, were, were kind of fusing modern sentimentalities mm -hmm. with older, like traditional handcrafts from India. And I was bringing nice. them here in Europe. And um, so it was cushion covers, mugs, and lamps. I still have a few mm -hmm. in my own home. Um, and that's what I was doing because I was trying to, fuse my heritage and kind of my birth country and everything together. That's so cool. So I know that one of the biggest questions I get from makers and other product-based businesses is, you know, when you reach that step in planning your brand, you know, there's always this question of like who, who your ideal customer is, right? So I'd love to know, like, what are some steps that you would recommend business owners take to find out who their ideal customer is? And then secondly, how they can kind of connect with them authentically so these people can become a loyal repeat customer. So first of all, I don't call it ideal customers. I'm saying it's your real customer. It's real over Ooh, ideal. Because okay. the problem is when we say ideal, even in the dictionary, you look it up, it means like something from your imagination. That's the literal meaning of it. And what I see everyone doing is drawing out these ideal customer personas on paper, 
Mm-hmm. But honestly, they've never even spoken once with their actual customers who are the ones buying. So I always try and really make that shift saying, who are your real customers? Who are the ones already clicking on buy? Who are, and the ones who are coming back for more? Who are they? Get yeah. to know them because you want to bring in more of them and make sure that mm-hmm. these people also come back to buy more, right? And talk about you to others. So that's one. Then um, I am a big advocate for really getting out there and speaking to your customers. Customer interviews, Mm -hmm. I love calling it meaningful customer conversation, so it doesn't sound so formal. But at the end, just reach out to your customers, email the people that are buying from you, and reach out and get to know them. Who are Mm -hmm. they? It's those little things that don't scale that can really give you the information you need to actually grow and scale that business. Get to know Mm -hmm. them. Demographics, who are they? you know what is going on in their core desires what's going on in their life Mm. how are they behaving within your category what are they actually doing and what really makes them happy what delights them so once you get that information it's when you translate it to your brand your messaging your content which you can then implement to keep bringing those people back to you again yeah absolutely so this is not a question that i had come up with before but what advice do you have for someone who's a total introvert and they are like terrified of talking to their, (laughs) their real customer, right? Like they've had some people buy from them, but they're just like, oh man, the thought of talking to them is like scary. (laughs) Um, Because I know they're out there, right? And I, I used to be one of them. So I know they're real. Um, so I'd love your advice on that. Yeah. So I have worked with a lot of people who who say that they're introverts and the great thing about this is because you're doing one-on-one customer conversations so it's you kind of have control over it um and it's not a mass thing if you're not trying to bring in a group of 10 people and speak to them but you're actually having a really meaningful one-on-one customer conversation and if you try to make it feel like this is not a number this is not just somebody who purchased from you this is a real human how would you speak when you're trying to get to know a friend better if you kind of Try and take that mindset because these people really do care about small businesses and they love helping Mm. people. So if you can try and remember that, even though it's scary, that's what will help you get over it. At at the same time, the more you do, the easier it gets, unfortunately. (laughs) Sometimes the first one (laughs) or two are going to be scary. I've been doing it for many years now. So, you know, the first few will be a little scary, but the more you do it, the more you see how enthusiastic those people are, the Mm -hmm. easier it will get. And just remember, just keep it one-on-one, shorter conversations in the beginning, and then you can build up from there. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. For all the introverts out there, you guys can do it. (laughs) You absolutely can. And I... I have had a lot of clients who are introverts, Mm -hmm. so I've seen them do it. (laughs) Yes, yes. So thank you so much for that. I feel like starting there is so important uh, with that that conversation uh, before you start making content, right? So for those business owners who might find themselves, you know, making content for hours on end, filming reels for hours, and all of these tasks that might not be bringing in sales or pushing the needle, what do you recommend someone in that position? do so i think if you're saying that you're really not getting the sales or not enough of it or you're not able to move in the level so starting with a few of the things that i already said really getting to know those customers because you can Mm -hmm. figure out what are the triggers who are when they're buying what are the barriers and what's stopping them right from buying and that will be able to hone in on what's not working but let's say you've got gotten that and you still feel like you're stuck um Mm -hmm. i really think as a small business owner also leveraging the fact that you're a small business owner that you can Mm -hmm. have that human connection 
the personal connection with your audience and remembering that also uh, there's a lot of research showing that people who users buy from like direct to consumer sites so not like the Amazons of the world really are looking for content beyond just the product they want to know who you are as a person who's mm -hmm. behind this business how are your products made what are you doing with that so making sure that you're also using content that is behind the scenes that can connect yeah. with them, that can show them that this is beyond just, you know, this bag I made or uh, these greeting cards I'm designing for you, but how are they designed and what's my story behind it? Leverage mm -hmm. that in your content so that you can really inspire them. That's one. Second, content that really educates your customers because sometimes you need to make a behavioral change, right? These are people mm. who are used, you know, people comparing the prices everywhere and thinking, but this is much higher priced. Well, it's handmade, obviously. It's going to be. It's more special and it, 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 it's different. So education of behind the scenes of how things are made. Those are key things and really showing what makes you different. Why you? People want to be able to see in one place, why should I buy from you and not the others? You know, you are competing in a world where there's so much going on. So what really makes you different? Bringing content like that to first bring in people into your world. And remember that people buy on kind of feelings and then we rationalize it. We want to explain. We buy with our heart and then we explain it with our brains. Let's put it that way. So trying to okay. leverage both of those in your content is really important. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I see so many people who will just put like a photo up on Instagram and they'll just say what the product is made out of. Yes. And I'm like, oh my God, like this doesn't speak to me at all. No. Like unless the photo is just so incredible, then it's like, okay, this is gorgeous. But then there's like nothing behind it. Like I have no idea how it was made or like how it's connected to your values or you as a person. And because you are a small business, like and I, I also, I am someone who loves to purchase from small businesses. I don't necessarily connect with that. I want to connect with the person. Exactly. What's your story? Remember, stories are mm. what makes you unique. They, no matter what your story is, it can never be exactly the same as somebody else's. Even if they're right. touches, which are similar, they are the ones that are memorable. People remember stories more than facts. And, mm -hmm. and they're emotional. They evoke emotions. So you're kind of already bringing in them on the feelings. So bring them in with stories and then you can always show your features and what exactly the product entails as, they, as you're taking your customer along the journey. Awesome. So one thing you've also said um, is that, you know, as a product-based business, you're not necessarily solving a problem, but instead fulfilling a desire. Can you just dig a little bit deeper into that belief that you hold to be true? Yeah. And like, why do you feel it's so important for makers to shift the mentality around this and kind of um, build around a desire or a lifestyle? Yeah. So I often see that people get stuck when we say, what's a problem you're solving? And they're like, well, mine, mm. mine doesn't really solve some kind of technical problem. And our products are more often, they are more wants than needs, right? I didn't need, yeah. that, I, I didn't need that fourth pair of legging that I have in my cover, but I bought it anyways because I really wanted it. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a want, it's a desire. So if you start thinking of that, what is that desire that you're fulfilling? What is it they really just want in life right now that is not being fulfilled or sufficiently being fulfilled within at least your, within your product category, of course. Um, that's when I've seen a lot of shifts make. They're like, oh, now we get it. 
right? Because as soon as we say problems, people are thinking of technical things, they're thinking of technological products, they're thinking of other things, at least the makers and business owners I work with. I've seen that happen a lot. And as soon as you start thinking of desires, what's going on in their life right now, and how does your product fit within that? Remember, people love experiences. People love Mm. spending on experiences. So how does this product create an experience for you? Um, I think some great examples, if you look at it, um, some bigger examples, they're not makers, but if you look at Lululemon leggings, when they started off, it was really about the yoga lifestyle before they've now become a huge athleisure brand. It's really about, it was really about this yoga lifestyle that they created, right? Starbucks Mm -hmm. has always been about that third place in people's life between work and home. It was more than Mm. just the coffee and the coffee kind of fulfills it. It's more the rational product that you're delivering. But the space was really about this third place in people's lives. So in that way, start thinking about your products from what is that desire that people have? What's not happening? Observe what's going on in their lives. And therefore, Mm. how does your product fit into that? I love that. Are you a maker who's interested in joining a marketplace that truly cares about its makers and how it's contributing to the caring economy? Go Imagine donates 100% of its profits to charity, and it's only $2.50 a month to start a shop and only $10 a month to have your own branded website that connects you with Go Imagine buyers. Join Go Imagine and get your first month free with our special code HH23. Okay, back to the show. I want to uh, kind of shift the conversation briefly to marketing. What are some ways that makers can kind of build loyalty through their marketing that will help to drive repeat sales? So not just building that one-on-one relationship with someone, but then taking it into your content and really um, helping that to drive more sales. So two really missed opportunities I consistently see is the post in the post-purchase process. Once somebody has bought that one time from you, what are you doing to keep them in your world, to connect with them and to engage them with what you do? So one is the packaging. Uh, so many times I get packaging um, and, there, and I've seen this time and time again. There is nothing special, nothing personal about it. It's not just about the design I'm talking about, but also what's in the box. From personal notes to a little thing, a flyer that tells about your story that can add in or or say if they've bought product X, what is the next Y products that you have in your assortment that that could look at, they could uh, want to be considering to buy. Maybe it's not something they buy immediately, but it's something that creates this top of mind. Once they receive this packaging, you have their attention right? At that moment, you're not competing for their attention. So what can you do within the packaging to keep them in your world? One, to really engage them, to just tell them like, I love that you made this purchase and make them feel really good about it as well. That's one. And second, the post-purchase process after that. So like a sequence going out, whether it's email or SMS, whatever you use, um, how many people are actually sending that out? I'm the amount of products I bought, and I, I really try to look from small business owners, conscious products, between say the hall till up to the holidays, and not a single person has engaged me with me based on the products I bought from them. So I only get like requests for testimonials. Some of them are doing working with loyalty points, which does work, by the way. Um, but then there's nothing else. How should I? You know, tell me a little more about your product again. How should I use it? How can I take care of it? How do I make sure it lasts longer? Um, What's your story again? Uh, Who are you again? And what else do you sell? This is the time when they have bought from you. They're so interested in what you do. 
to, to keep them leverage that post-purchase experience and create create an experience there actually because that whole experience is lacking instead of only adding them to the general newsletter that goes out where they're probably getting to see the next discount or the next thing that you're selling whereas they've already they've already done that stuff how to make them yeah. loyal customers use mm-hmm. leverage your packaging the post create a post-purchase experience and then loyalty points can really help as well as a referral program to help sure help them bring in others to your world that is so incredibly helpful thank you so much i mean we often think especially with like email marketing like oh i have a newsletter i send it out once a month but you're not necessarily i mean some people don't necessarily think about like okay when someone buys something how do i hold their attention long enough that they're going to remember me beyond the experience of just receiving the product in the mail and using it right so yeah yes absolutely this is when you have their attention right mm-hmm. I, I i just bought these really expensive skincare products i've been eyeing forever <laughs> uh they're based on like the um on ayurvedic principles they're actually it's a brand in the u.s and I've been loving their content and loving everything they do. But once I bought their products, I'm having to personally write to customer service to get a little more information beyond what's written on the packaging of how to use the products. I, I needed some more tips and advice beyond what was written. But this is where they could have easily sent me a whole post-purchase sequence telling me you bought these products. This is how, different ways you can use them. This is, and, and they have that kind of content already. So it's actually a question a matter of repurposing what they already have because it's in their blogs it's everywhere else but i don't want to go having to search for it i don't want to have to take that effort as a customer to go reach out to customer service and wait three days for a response you can automate these things and set it and forget it um so leverage that create an experience for your customers yeah, absolutely. I'll never forget. I purchased a bag from one of my favorite makers. Her name, her name is Sky Livingston, and she um, sells out of Hello Hue Studio. And she sells these amazing textile bags that she like hand dyes the fabric herself, and it's amazing. Um, and I purchased one of her bags, and it came with a care card. And the card like said, you know, how to take care of the bag, how to wash it, how to make sure that it stays nice. And it, I kept it inside of the bag because yes. I was like, I don't want to lose this. I need to know exactly like how to wash this when it gets dirty because I take this everywhere. I have a toddler like, and that has stayed with me for more than a year. And I just like, I'll never forget that. So yeah, you're right. Like making sure that that, you know, you're really taking care of your customers too. It, it also comes back to customer service, right? Yes, absolutely. And and by automating certain things, you're also taking away. Some people will go, but that's so much work for me. Well, if you can, you can automate quite a lot of that and do it. And that reminds me actually of a sustainable brand I bought from here in Holland. Um, it was a, a clothing a clothing store that's all sustainable brands only and ethically made. And I remember the first purchase, I got a personal note from the founder. Then I made a second purchase and I got again a personal note saying, thank you for your continued support and really something added, something a bit personal about me. Cause, so she paid it, they paid attention that this wasn't my first, it was my second and really saying thank you again for supporting us and for continuing to do so. So I could really see, wow. it, it was a, just a little note, two lines, that was it. But it yeah. really, it, it really made an impression on me. That's so cool. So where can our listeners connect with you online, Monica? 
So I am super active on Instagram, so you can find me there, Business with Monica. Uh, if you're a LinkedIn user, I'm there as well. Otherwise, my website is businesswithmonica.com, and uh, you can definitely join my email list. I think there's a handy download for you as well. Yes, yes. You're providing our listeners with an amazing freebie today that we'll be linking in the show notes, your guide on how to discover your customers' needs, wants, and desires, and the four types of questions you recommend asking your customers. So thank you so much for that. And we will have the link to that in the show notes for those listening, like I said. And thank you so much for coming on the show today, Monica. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Thank you so much for tuning into the Handmade CEO Podcast. Check out the show notes to get a closer look at our guest today and our special offers. Most importantly, check out and join our membership for makers, Happening Hands, where we feature courses, workshops, monthly coaching, and more for makers and creative business owners who are ready to bring their businesses to the next level. You can do this by going to www.happeninghands.com. See you next time. And until then, don't forget that no dream is too big to turn into your dream job.